Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. I am Joe, and with me today is... Jack. And Data. That's right. No Jamie again this week, so, you know, listeners that want Jamie, tune out. She's not going to be here. <laughs> no, please stick around. We're talking about Elantris, chapters 10 and 11, wherein Raiden, he's he's building a team for a grander purpose, not just a gang. So that's exciting news. We got a little bit of background on Galadon, although we don't know how true that is. And uh, Raiden does finally reveal who he is to Galadon. Then in chapter 11, we get a meeting of the minds, the nobility that's opposing Iodon. Serene makes her debut amongst those men and comes up with a ingenious plan to try to bring power back into the hands of the people. So hold on to something, everybody. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. Feed the fire, set me free in this city of dreams. Push my mind into So, yeah, I think, you know, it's kind of funny because we've made fun of so many times the fact that it's like, and with me is the same people who are always here. But now it'll be <laughs> it'll be like more interesting every episode. You're like, is it going to be Jamie? Is it going to be Dak? Is it going to be Jamie and Dak? What's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, because that, that probably will be times where it's like, all right, it's my turn to, to to take the child. You can jump on this one and then we'll figure it from there. But yeah, like, don't, don't worry, listeners. Jamie is coming back. We're just still figuring out, you know, living with the child. We'll get there. The child. I was going like, to say, not, uh, not, not the child from The Mandalorian. Yeah. That's a different not, one. Uh, not, spoiler alert, Grogu. Not, not Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but not, not going to lie, I do squee over this baby like people squee over that one. So. Oh, yeah. You need to get a little Grogu hat. That'll be, that, that's yeah. that's always good. Well, well I'm going to, I'm going to really date today's episode. Today is uh, Australian Father's Day, so. Oh, look at you. First time. Yeah. like That's awesome. <laughs> I've, only, I've only been at this for a few weeks and I'm already in. Woo. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, sorry. So yeah, Jamie will come back. We're not uh, we're not hiding her, or uh, we didn't kick her out. She'll be here. It's uh you know it's just we're in flux as we said last week. So and like I said, it'll just make things more interesting. At the beginning of every episode, <laughs> it's going to be a mystery as to who's going to show up. So Go by ahead. the way, flux Flip is a game that I like to play. That is a good flux. game. Flux. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got several versions of flux. I like Batman flux and regular flux and Monty Python flux. I got Doctor Who Flux. That's a good one. We oh, Star- TNG Flux is good. Yeah, Star Trek: The Next Generation Flux. I also have Star Trek: Deep Space Nine Flux. There's just all sorts of good ones. I want to get Firefly. Uh, oh, Firefly! I have that one too. It's, oh, uh, they have Firefly Flux. I didn't know. Yeah, there's. Yeah. I don't know if it's just my imagination because all Flux games have lots of goals. Firefly feels like it has more goals than any other. Like you can just get hands and hands full of goals. Uh, and like I said, maybe it's my imagination, but that's the way it always feels to me. This is, this is just a, a really great reason yeah. for me to like ha- have a child because then I can ra- then we can raise them to play these games that we like playing. Exactly. Yep. Our older kids are old yeah. enough to like play a lot of board games now, and we've been having some interesting nice. times. That's true. It's gonna be funny when he goes to his friend's house and be and be like, "Oh, you guys have like flux," and they'll be like, "What are you talking? About? <laughs> you know, flux? No. Oh, me and my dad and my mom play flux all the time." And then they and then the child must teach them. And it spreads. We just got the new expansion for Marvel Villainous, and uh, our son was like, oh, I want to be Loki. Give me Loki. It was very fun. Okay, sorry. We're uh, 
That was just, uh, yeah, that was our standard uh, opening up of the episode <laughs> uh, diversion from what we're talking about. So what did you guys think of the two chapters we read this time? So um, a lot, I feel like they were longer chapters, but not a whole lot like happened, happened. A lot of dialogue, which is not bad. Raiden continuing to kind of do his thing. Pretty interesting. My concern is... There, there seem to be running a lot, and and I, from what I understand, like they don't get their stamina back. So if they continue to run all the time, I, I feel like that's not good for them. Like they're gonna wear out really fast. Mm, maybe. But I don't know. Maybe it's not as dire a thing as what I'm thinking. But I just feel like they run a lot in this uh, in this book. It seems like uh, in Elantris. So that was a little concerning for me, especially because he's like, "Yeah, on you go run." But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna run. Yeah, but I like that he's building his team. He's he's building a structure, and then you you get the sense that he's wanting. It's not just that he's building another gang. It's like no, I I'm I'm he's pro Elantris. He's like no, I I want to make Elantris better, not just like have a rival gang vying for power. Like I'm in in this to make it better for everybody. In it to win it. Right. Exactly. And so. That was cool. Um, I like that that Galden finds out who Raiden is finally. I also like that we got a little bit of a view on, to one of the gang leaders who Raiden does recognize and knows that he's not actually a noble. That was cool. And then also, the probably the most intriguing part was Raiden's point. It's like, where are the children? And and Galden kind of shrugs it off and be like, well, I mean, it's hard for people to survive in here. Children probably the same. And that got me thinking, no. No, there's something else going on. Somebody's like, somebody is taking the children, like Ooh. for something in Elantris. I don't know That's what it is. Sinister. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but there's a like, there's a reason we're not seeing children. Because like, yeah, some children wouldn't be, you know, some children would be too young to survive on their own. But there's some children that would become like, probably become part of like their own little children's street gang if they were really out and about. I feel like. They would band together in some way and like, okay, we're against the adults or whatever, but that's obviously not happening. So there's something going on with the children. Somebody's somebody's collecting them for whatever reason. I don't know what. I, I like um, this idea that there'd be like a kids gang. We're going to like Lord of the Flies it. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100 percent. Why wouldn't there be? I was going uh, like all, all, of, all of a twist zombie edition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Oliver Twist and zombies at the same time. Sure. So, yeah, that definitely stuck out to me. The Serenity stuff was cool. The only the only comment I would have negative about it is like we don't Serene just like and of course we don't know that much about her yet, but she just comes up with this plan. And I don't feel like there's enough background for us to feel like, oh, yeah, she she is capable of coming up with a plan like this. I did like her banter, her witty banter back and forth with the nobles. And I'm not trying to underestimate her because she's a girl or or because of her character. But at the same time, I'm just like, okay, where did she get this idea? Like, this just came to her. I feel like there needs to be more background on, like, where this idea came from for for them to let people work. And, I mean, that may be something that we just don't know about her yet. Like, culturally, she's seen the histories of how people have lived under serfdom and how people have lived under, you know, kind of a land share type of, uh, type of system. But at the same time, I'm, I know she's educated, but it's like, okay, well, I don't know about this. 
so yeah, it was good chapters. I'm interested to see where we go from next. I really want to know about this trial, especially because they seem to shrug it off when she asked about it. So it seems kind of a weird word to use for whatever she's having to do. So I'm, I'm interested to know more about that too. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I think so far. Trial trial sounds intimidating. I feel like yeah, it's I mean, like I've, Worf walking through a line with like people with paint. Yeah, sticks and that's shit. exactly what I was I was gonna say. It's like a Star Trek thing where you're gonna yeah. come up and there's gonna be like there's gonna be like a guardian you have to fight or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get your bat left and then you gotta get hit with paint sticks. Terrifying. Yeah, like these these are good. I agree. I think it's like yeah, Serene's coming up with plans very quickly, but like. I think I feel like Rowden's doing the same thing. It seems like the two of them are just like they're coming up with shit on the fly that seems to be like it seems to be routinely be panning out for them. I'm just like you guys have got to be headed for a fall, surely, because this just seems I don't want to say easy, but like it's they're coming up with these things that are working out well and it's all happening very quickly. I'm like eh, okay, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, cool chapters like Rowden. Rowden's chapter had probably the most heartbreaking part of the book so far when he recognizes his, his old Seon, who is just brain dead, I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was that that bit was pretty brutal. And I think that's the first time we really see, even after he, be, like, he became uh, an Elantry and R- Rowden just seemed to like to take everything on the chin and just go with it. And that sort of slipped a bit when he saw Ian and he's, like, he's just like, oh, God. And he put it back up. It's like, uh He's, he's sort of putting it on to it's like oh i'm so sorry for my friend but you can tell he's actually hurting now as a result and it's like this guy's been through a lot and he's really just trying to keep a cheery face on it all but like yeah there's there's, there's shit going on under the surface there which isn't really coming out even in his narration but you, you the mask slipped for a bit there i guess but yeah like so it was, it was all it was all pretty good but yeah like we said serene's chapter was really just a lot of talking it was interesting to see the nobles I did think, because I remember I predicted predicted last time that one of the people at at Hraithan's meeting would be one of the people at this meeting, and I thought I had. I was like, oh yeah, there's this guy here. No, that's Edan. The other one was Idan. God damn it! <laughs> crazy names. Yeah, the like I don't know. The names in this book is just sort of throwing me for a bit of a loop because a lot of them are so similar. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they're so similar and unusual that it's like even when they're not similar, it's like I don't remember which one of these weird things is which yeah. one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Which, like, normally I don't really have an issue with, because, I mean, A Song of Ice and Fire, there's so many characters who are named after other characters or just happen to have the same name. And it's like, by by rights, they should also be just as difficult. For some reason, I have no problem sifting through those. But here it's getting to me. I don't know if it's just because, like, we're getting them all much closer together in the story mm. or what. But I don't know. But, uh, yeah, getting there. I did, like, um, was it the second most powerful man of the of the state? Is one oh. is one of the people they're conspiring with? Yeah, Royal, yeah. Royal. Yeah, like he's he seemed pretty cool. Most of the people that we met at this meeting, I was like, all right, you all seem pretty good, except for Royal's, you know, rival who has to just be contrary to him. Like he he annoyed me, smug prick. Um, <laughs> His frenemy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you, really, you're just gonna keep going on about this? Okay, whatever. But yeah, on the whole, it's like. Just got to see where these goes. Like Joe, I think the trial is the biggest thing to come out of Serene's chapter. I'm just like, you like these guys were all dancing around that, and she acknowledged that. She's just like, yeah, you've all just like told me what it is without actually telling me a damn thing. So <laughs> that like that's gonna that's gonna be pretty rough when it whenever that comes. But yeah, we'll see how this goes. It's, it's yeah, a lot of scene, another... set, scene setting, right? Mm-hmm. 
another thing I forgot to mention is like, oh god, there's more balls in this one. Did we get enough balls in the fucking Mistborn series? Like we're gonna go to oh more that parties. kind of ball. Sorry, in yeah. my head, in my head, I was thinking about like the same you know testicles, other balls of light. No, and I was like, we didn't get any new no. seons. What are you talking balls. about? Balls, yeah, like parties and shit. It's just like elder okay, speak of a ball like you. He bounced three meters in the air. <laughs> then he bounced four meters in the air. Then he bounced eight meters in the air. <laughs> no, my it's people than that. tell the same story. <laughs> It's like he bounces like high and then high and then low or something. I forget what the yeah. The elders tell of a young ball, much like he bounced three meters in the air. Then he bounced one point eight meters in the air. Then he bounced four meters in the air. Do I make myself clear? Say what? <laughs> <laughs> My people tell the same story. Oh, Henry, <laughs> yeah, they're okay. So we're. I agree that. Aside from the names just being unusual, because we talked about Elantris and him doing like the just going all in on the weird fantasy names, we're kind of still in the parts of the book where it's like we're introducing a bunch of new people in this one chapter. Like we met like five new people at that party who are theoretically super important and that you need to remember all of. And it's just like, oh, geez, you're just throwing way a whole lot of these at me at one time, dude. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was doing well. It's like, oh, Royal. They mentioned him before. I've heard that one before. The yep. others, I'm just like, all right, who the fuck are you guys? <laughs> but yeah, see, you remembered that Royal was, uh, yeah, it was Royal and Tellery that they talked about last time as the two yeah. like, next in line for King, basically. Which, I mean, bodes well if the next in line is uh, one of their allies. Right. Yeah. Okay, I guess let's get into these chapters. So we start out routed chapter with Galen. I mean, like, I don't think this is a good idea, dude. And Ryan's like, shh, shut up. And uh, so now the other gangs, after what he did recruiting Marishi, the guy, uh, the 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 jewel maker from last time, they're like expecting some trouble. Like, this guy's trying to start a new gang, and we're not gonna let this pass. And straight off the mark, I'm just like, the other gangs have heard. Like, is there a gossip chain among the zombies? Well, no, like, but they're all like they all have people there watching because yeah, depending on which true. way the person turns, a different gang gets them. So they all have to have somebody there at all times to to watch out. So obviously everybody saw. Him make a fool of Shayor's men, so and run yeah, off with the prize. It's, but it's, I, I think Galadon talks about it in this chapter as well. He's like, yeah, no, I do. There is sort of like a an underground inf- informant network or something. Like the, there are people who talk to each other in Elantris. It's not just like a you're either part of the gang or you're on your own. Like there are people who talk to each other and spread news. Mm. Galadon's just like, what? I'm a friendly dude. I talk to people. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, if I hadn't talked to you, I'd still be sitting comfortably on a staircase. <laughs> I wouldn't be wearing my books on my feet. But Galadon's just like, dude, what? This, what, what are what are we gonna do? Like they're gonna be waiting for us, and Ren's like, oh yeah, they're definitely gonna be waiting for us. And uh, Galadon's like, I don't, I'm I'm not really so bored with death that I want to give up what I have in favor of an existence of pure pain. And Ren's like, dude, you, you someday uh, you gotta stop being so pessimistic. And Galadon is offended by this. Like pessimism, me. Duelists are the most lighthearted, easygoing people in Opalon. We look at each we look at each day with Sule, don't you dare leave when I'm defending myself. <laughs> Just making with the comedy, that Galadon. Agree with me when I'm talking to you. And uh today, three new people get shoved into Atlantis all at once. And Ron's like, oh, we cannot miss this opportunity. This is exactly like this is perfect. And I like this is one of those things where it's like a reasonable person would have already explained the plan to Galadon. But for dramatic purposes and so that it can be funny for us, 
Robin's like refused to tell him anything until we're right at the point where the plan is happening. And so he's like, Galen's like, oh, what are you going to do? He's like, nothing. You, however, are going to have a nice stroll out into the courtyard. <laughs> really, a nice guy would have been like, okay, I'll go stroll into the courtyard and you get those people out of there. But Rodden's like, oh, no, you're going to go and everyone's going to chase you. Yeah. I mean, Galen's not as charismatic as, as Raiden is. He can't he can't be like, did you see where that man went? Let's go get him. Mm hmm. But yeah, Galen gets out there. Everyone sees him. They chase him. And Rodden runs up to the newcomers. He's like, hey, where'd that guy go? And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? The, the, the guy who just came by here, he has the cure. Come on, we got to go. And so that's how he gets them to follow him out this time. Instead of argue, trying to argue these three people, like, no, you got to come with me or they're going to beat you up. It's like, no, I'll trick you. And then we just cut to, hey, he was successful. And he's interviewing his new recruits. <laughs> he's got a housewife. And her, and her name is Mare with an extra A. I'm like, hang on a minute. It is. I didn't even make that connection. Because I'm trying to think in like Elantra speak, <laughs> where it's probably like Mary. Mary. Yeah, I bet it's Mary. Mary. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucked up way to say to spell Mary. <laughs> but so yeah, that's a good the, point. The, the the new like you know the weird spellings people make of their names when they give them to children these days. Yep. Maybe maybe uh Brandon just likes the name Mare. It's gonna pop up all over the place. It's like in in the Dresden Files when Jim Butcher's named like three different characters uh, Margaret. Well, there's at least a familial connection there. With two of them, yeah. yeah. So, like, I don't have any special skills. And he's like, well, if you're like most of the housewives that I know, you probably can do everything, basically. And the next guy is a workman. He, he built things on a plantation. And Ron's like, oh, hey, that's that's going to be useful. OK. And last dude, he's like, wait a second. I want to know why I should even listen to anything you say. This is the only guy with any brains uh, in this whole crowd. He's like, I may be a Lantrian, but that doesn't mean like I may be dead now or whatever, but I'm just going to walk up, walk in here and do whatever you tell me to immediately. Who the hell are you? And uh, instead of trying to explain it, Rowden's like, OK, well, here, Marishi will explain to you. And apparently um, our artist friend has a very, very dramatic way of uh, telling stories. So he uh, he regales the newcomers with his harrowing escape where Rowden saved his life from certain so there I whatever. was <laughs> being chased by two men with a flamethrower claiming I was a possum. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> this man came here. He saved me. He is the spirit. You should have heard those two men complaining when I was saved. <laughs> They're really irritated. And the one the older one just kept yelling at the younger one like it was his <laughs> fault. Yeah. But it turns out that this guy is a soldier of Count Eondel, who we meet in the next chapter. Or was. I guess he's he's dead now. So, And uh, Rowden makes the point again. It's like, we don't really have any, many good soldiers. So if you're one of this guy's soldiers, that makes you pretty much top shelf as far as this country is concerned. And we find out that Eondel amassed his personal fortune by hiring out his private army to the crown. So that's why he's so rich, is that the kingdom has to keep paying him for their security. And the dude's like, oh, well, if if you like Eondel, then you must be a, a good dude. I, I pledge my sword to you. And he's like, well, you don't really have a sword right now, but appreciate it. And apparently Rowden's picked out a building, like a, a nice size building for his, uh, his whatever he the group he has planned to put together. But it doesn't have a roof anymore. And so he's like, Mary and Rye, Ryal, Rill, whatever. It's like, I want you guys to build us a roof. It's going to be awesome. The problem is that all of the wood in Atlantis is either broken or rotten. So that's an issue. 
And he's like, also, Marishi, go ahead and explain about being an Elantrian to these guys so that, uh, you know, they don't actually hurt themselves and regret it for the rest of their unlife. That's when Galadon shows up, and he's not super happy with Rowden. <laughs> but his first thing, he's like, Sule, my Hama would love you. She always complained I didn't exercise enough. And Rowden's like, oh, good, you're back. I was starting to worry. And he's like, yeah, like you worried when you shoved me out into that courtyard. Seen worms on hooks treated more kindly, Colo. <laughs> Oh, man. And Rowden doesn't even apologize. He's like, but you made such fantastic bait. And it worked. He's really banking on the, I'm just so charming. You can't possibly stay angry at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm the best. Don't do, yeah, you know, everything's cool. Look, it worked out, didn't it? You're here. You're here. We've got three more dudes. We're good. And it's like, they didn't come up with any sort of plan for how to keep Galadon safe from these guys. He's just like, okay, good luck. Run. Uh, fortunately, Galadon... It, was thinking on his feet here. He's like, I went into a building with a collapsed staircase, threw some rocks on the roof. So they thought we were up there just like the first time. And they're probably still waiting out there for us to come down. And Galadon's like, so you're just going to tell everyone that they're like the most important job of all. Like you told these people over here. Like, I know you just made all of them feel like they're super vital. Like Marishi. I know shoes are good, but it's not really a life and death thing. And he's like, well, you know, people do a better job when they think that what they're doing is important. And Galadon's like, you really are trying to start your own gang, aren't you? He's like, no, that's just, like, the smallest part of this. The city needs a sense of purpose. He's like, but we're dead. What purpose can we have? He's like, see, that's the problem. Everyone's convinced that their life's over just because their hearts stop beating. Yep, this town needs an enema. <laughs> <laughs> this town needs a better class of gang leader, and I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's just like... We're going to, you know, people on the outside can lose hope, too. That's not an Elantrian thing. We just need to give them back something to, like, look towards, to hope for. And Callan's like, the other gangs are going to get tired of this real quick. I don't know how you think that you're going to succeed here. And then they have a discussion about the building. And Galadon is pretty certain that it's a Karathi church. And Ron's like, really? And he's like, yeah, you know, it just has that feel to it. And he's like, you know, the Elantrians, they didn't really care that much about people worshiping them. So they were fine with other people building temples here. They're supposed to be like a super giant Karathi church here built as a sign of friendship to the people of Tiod. And he's like, how do you know so much about what Elantris? It's like, what? Since when is knowing stuff a sin? Maybe you should be asking yourself why you don't know all this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) You're talking to me like I'm some asshole for knowing stuff. You're the asshole. (laughs) He's like, you live right here. How do you not know these things? Stop persecuting the educated, man. <laughs> so true. Read a thick book, you dork. Exactly. <laughs> we're we're, we're pro-thick books on the Sanderlanch. That's our official stance. You live right next door and you didn't know a damn thing about your neighbors? The fuck's wrong with you? He didn't even know that they never fed them. So he really yeah. was out of touch. It's like, like, Mr. I'm going to improve the kingdom. And then it's like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> whatever there's this wall over there and my knowledge just stops beyond it yeah cool knowledge whatever <laughs> but i like that rowden doesn't even give this dude a break he's like anyway come on there's something i want to do Galen's like it doesn't involve running right well you know only if they spot us Gallon's so he like, has can you, take, can you take marishi this time <laughs> oh because marishi hasn't been here he doesn't know where to find andon and point him out mm-hmm. so yeah he take he has galvan take him to andon and show him this guy who was supposedly a noble before he uh, he claims to have been a baron out in the outside world. Yeah, you, you glazed over the best part. The dude has a fake mus- fake mustache. Where the hell did he get a fake mustache? <laughs> <laughs> he's 
Be stopped by the Elantrian costume shop. I w- yeah, yeah, okay, that's a good point. A long, drooping mustache that was obviously fake. <laughs> the hair of children, I'm telling you. Maybe his hair <laughs> fell out and he just, like, glued it on there. Ew. Because, <laughs> you know, that's so much worse than the children's hair. But yeah, he's, he's, so he's, like, it says he has a sizable paunch, he's short, fat, with a big-ass fake mustache. And he's sitting on a throne of gold, dealing out, like, kingly justice or whatever. And you know, Rodden's king's got a king. Rodden's like, so he wasn't a baron. That was a lie. But I do know him. He was one of like the finest sculptors in the city. And like he points out, he's like, I mean, he wasn't of noble blood. But until like 10 years ago, we didn't really have nobles. So none of us is really super yeah. noble. Right. So the Bachelor of Fine Arts is the new is the Mad King. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's, he's uh, Rodden's like, so he's he's crazy. Because it says he's blubbering incoherently to his court of rejects. And Galadon's like, you know, we each have to deal with death in our own way. The rumors say that his insanity was a decision. He walked in and was like, well, there's no way I can face this shit and stay sane. So I'm going to go mad. (laughs) Galadon's like, "Uh, so he wasn't a a baron? No, he was a sculptor. And he's like, so you knew the guy? He's like, well, you know, I met him once. So where do you hear all these rumors anyway? So this is where we get, like like y'all were talking about at the beginning, where Galadon's just like, you know, I hear things. I talk to people. He goes but, to the zombie pub, chats with, chats with the zombie bartender. Exactly. But this is also where Galadon's like, so wait a second. How could you have known you would recognize him? You couldn't have known, like, that he was going to be this guy that you'd met before. And Ron's like, well, no, but if he'd been a baron, I would have known him. And he's he's not really trying hard enough to hide if he's really trying to hide himself. So he's like, wait, Galadon starts putting it together. He's like, so spirit is Rao, Aeon Rao. And Rodden's like, yeah. And didn't the king of Aradon have, doesn't he have a son named Raodin? He did. And here you are claiming that you know all the barons. You're educated. You give commands easily. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> He's Rodden's like, yeah, okay, I should have given myself a different name, huh? It's like, you're telling me that you're the crown prince of Aralon. Well, I was the crown prince. I lost the title when I died. Kind of sucks. What are you going to do, right? Oh, but speaking of Aeons, that they all are, they have these three-letter names. It didn't come up when we were talking about it last time, but we established that you guys were thinking, you know, these uh, these strangers from Mistborn Secret History were, were Elantrians. And their organization's name that they call themselves is the Irie, I-R-E, which uh, is an Aeon. Uh, mm. So, what was the creepy chick's name? Oh, what was her name actually? That's a good question. It's like Alono or Alano or yeah, Alono. That's right. Or Alonoe, because I think it's A L O N O E. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, there's there's another one she's talking to whose name is El Rao. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he has Rao in his name like Graydon does. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, I mean, uh, I wonder. I want to look up which Aeon her name is based on, since they all seem to be based on Aeons. But anyway, no need to get down that trail, I guess. I like Galadon's just like, it's no wonder you're so frustrating. I spent my whole life trying to avoid royalty, and I end up with you. Like, oh, shut up. I mean, we've only been royalty for like 10 years. It's not really that big a deal. And Galadon's like, it's long enough. Grumble, grumble. Prince ordered me around. This is way worse than when it's just some dude who bribed me. I didn't swear allegiance to the nerd royal house, damn it. Yeah, pretty much. 
And he's just like, if it helps, my father didn't really think I was fit to be king. And Galan's like, dude, I would be scared to see the guy that Iodon did think was fit. He's that dude's an idiot. No offense. So, yeah, none taken. I agree, basically. <laughs> but he's like, you know, keep my identity secret. OK, can we do that? And Galan's like, I guess. Yeah. Man. My dad's the worst, right? <laughs> and uh, Rowden's like, well, now that you know who I am, you have to tell me who you are. It's, you know, fair is fair, right? And Galan's like, OK, well, I was a farmer. And Rowden's like, uh, a farmer. That That's it. Well, an orchard keeper, actually. I sold my fields and bought an apple farm because I thought that would be easier because you don't have to replant the trees every year. I just like how he's like, I was a lazy farmer, so I bought a, a yeah. orchard instead. It was just a yeah. great move. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, I like to read and shit, so better to just have an apple farm, just take care of the trees, read, hang out, make love. I had these two guys hunting birds for me. Yeah. <laughs> but Rowden didn't buy it. He's like, you You seem like too, he says intelligent at first. And then Galen's like, dude, dude, do you know how many like super smart farmers I've known? That's some, that's, that's some shit right there where you, you high and mighty types, right? All farmers are all dumb. He's like, okay, well, no, but you are clearly like educated. It's not just intelligent. It's educated. And he's like, well, whatever, you know, books. I love books, dude. A wise farmer has time to study. <laughs> I like how Galadon's just like, well, ain't that some shit? I gotta be stupid because I'm a farmer. <laughs> That's a hateful stereotype. Exactly. Yeah. And then here's where the question comes about where are the children? And he's like, children? Well, I mean, you know, the shout strikes randomly. Children also, right? And he's like, I've seen babies barely old, babes barely old enough to walk get thrown through those gates, which ain't that some shit. I can't imagine. I can't even imagine you're a parent and your child yeah. like gets turned into this thing and you're like, okay, take them. Yeah, take my toddler. Just throw them in there. It's fine. Anyway. He's like, Elantris is a harsh, harsh place, man. Children don't last long here. And that's where they run into a seon. And Rowden realizes who it is. And it really is like such a sad moment here. Because it like comes up and kind of he holds out his hand and it kind of floats over and just like bats against him a little bit. And then it's just floating around randomly other than that. And he can even see that the Aeon at the center of the seon is looks like weak. He says it glows unevenly. So whatever's whatever happened to Rowden, something equally messed up has happened to his Seon, and it's kind of it hits him a little bit because it's like this is a friend that he's known forever. It's like bit in Tron after Clue was killed. <laughs> I never felt that bad for any of the the things in Tron. Those are weird. The programs, I guess, the whole concept yeah. where the programs were people just never gelled with me that well. <laughs> That's fair. I, I I loved it, but I'm just like, yeah, I, I can understand why it's an acquired taste. I I love both those movies. I like to. Yeah, I like okay. the original is good. I like the original, but uh, the new one I had some issues with. I was just kind of like, mm. oh, like it's it's definitely far from flawless, but I think it's I don't think it's as bad as most people say it is. No, I'll agree with that. There's I like a lot of stuff about the the second one. I mean, yeah. just just the special effects being so much better, and that they got the, like, yeah. punk to do the music. Just those two yeah. things alone get you a long way. Right. This is, it's like any any movie with Jeff Bridges cannot be an objectively bad movie. Uh, Jeff Bridges I is know. good. I don't know. That's a, that's a big leap to make. Have you ever seen the movie Stick It? I have, I have not. not seen that, no. Yeah, uh, don't. Don't see it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now i got to find out if there's a Jeff Bridges movie that I don't like. Oh, that's right. He is in Kingsman, The Golden Circle. That's not a bad movie. He's in R.I.P.D., which is a ridiculous movie. Oh, uh, that I'm was, not that a was... big fan of the 70s Kong movie. He wasn't mm. in that. Yeah, he was. 
Okay, hold on. We're we're looking at the seventies. And Kong Skull Island. Oh, he's in King Kong from nineteen seventy six. Sure yeah. enough. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. Come on, Dad. No, I thought you meant uh, I thought you meant Kong Skull Island. Like, think he's out <laughs> out moving me. He's in the last <laughs> unicorn. That was the movie that he did right after Tron, apparently. I've never even heard of that. I want to uh, see that, actually. I've heard that's really good. I've read the book. I haven't seen the movie. A movie called Texasville. He's been in a lot of stuff. Like, through the 90s, it's like there's, there's not a year where he did just one movie. There's always multiple. Well, as long as we're talking uh, fantasy casting, let's uh, do Jeff Bridges as Kane. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. He might work. be a little old now. I don't know uh, how old Keen mm-hmm. is exactly, but I could totally see it. Well, he's, he's old enough Fraser. to have adult, adult children, so. Yeah, that's true. Well, no, that's not his kid, is it? That's uh, that's her Oh, kid. that's true. Lukal is his stepson. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, I forgot, because they, they have such a good family dynamic. But, like, right. That's, you know, right. You could, like, that's not to say you can't have a good family dynamic with step families. I've got one with my step family, so disregard. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Jeff Bridges is in a lot of stuff. Uh, he's in the movie Surf's Up. Yeah, that can't that's, be good. Yeah, that's oh, not... yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody want to rescind their Jeff and Bridges not in K-Pax. bad movies yet? I never saw you K-Pax, but... I'm, I'm going to say, like, it, it, was, it, it was a bad movie, but he was good in it, so... I was about uh, to say, he doesn't make stands. the movie bad, that's true. <laughs> but, yeah. uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Surf's up. <laughs> Routin... Rodden has his line. He's like, Ian used to be so wise. I never knew a creature, say on our man, more thoughtful. And Gallon's like, oh, man, I'm sorry, dude. I didn't realize. And it says that he's had him since he was a young boy who hadn't yet learned that seans were more valuable as friends than as servants. And he's like, oh, man, I thought the shout had been harsh on me, old friend, because the, the seon just kind of loses interest and floats away. See, I don't even care if you if you if you zombies recover. I want to see the seance get better because this is sad. Yeah, yeah, that was heartbreaking. Like I don't even know this ball of light, but I feel bad for him. Right? I guess the only one we've really met is like Ash or Ash, whatever you however you want to say his name. Yeah. Well, and and we know that her dad was using one to talk to her, but we didn't. Right. Yeah, like we just haven't that one. Yeah, we haven't got any personality from any others. Yeah, that's how you know the. That the, that the emotional impact is there, right? It's like we're sad about a guy that we never even met, that, but we know what he meant to this guy. And so yeah. we're like, oh yeah. man, that's, you know, it's like it's like Shakespeare with Hamlet. It's like, last poor Yurik, I knew him. It's like, we don't know who the fuck Yurik is. We never met that guy. But Once Hamlet I... did. Good old Hamlet. Yes, but that's the end of that chapter. We leave on Sad Road and, and we move over to Serene's chapter where five men have shown up in response to Keen's request. And Lukal's kind of pissed off. He's like, Rowden had like 30 people here. I feel like for Keen, that should be a good thing, because if Keen was having to cook for everyone, five's going to be way better than 30. Yeah. I mean, th- they're, all complaining how, they're all complaining how long he was taking just to cook with five of them. If he was cooking with 30, then I'd be there like for a few days. Right? Yeah. I, I guess it depends on how big like a, a, a pit he has for cooking. He's like roasting a pig. Maybe he's got one big enough you can like, skewer a few more pigs on there and roast them at the same time yeah and it really works in serini's favor too because it's like she could she can win over five guys but like to win over 30 people that would be kind of difficult i feel like yeah yeah you can't say go one-on-one with 30 of them Every, for the most part take a number <laughs> yeah you see most for the most part she's kind of engaging with only royal when we get to it because i guess he's like the most powerful one so he kind of takes the lead well and we find out more about that later on in the chapter but 
So right now, he, she hasn't even appeared to them yet. They're talking about the meal, and it's like they call it the roast ketatham. And I misread that as ketamine and went, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what that cooking. is. He's spiking it. Now you're to look up if ketatham is a thing or if it's something specific in here. According to the wiki, ketatham is a roasted craggish dish made with pork. That is a nation that's under the control of the Fjordal Empire. So, so it only exists in this book. Yep. Okay, well, I know that for A Song of Ice and Fire and uh, Lord of the Rings, they have released cookbooks based on the recipes in those books. Will Sanderson ever come out with uh, Meals of the Cosmia cookbook? It's funny, because uh, there was a, a Reddit topic not long ago where I suggested the same thing. I was like, we need, like, a Cosmere cookbook. This would be awesome. I mean, probably don't need anything from Mistborn Era 1, because it really just seems like every, like it's just, you know, ash-flavored mush. Yeah. Do they have any, like, do, do, is, there, is there food that you remember out of that book? Or those books, rather? And uh, doesn't she eat, like, leafy cabbage, like, lined... Oh, uh, yeah, they, 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 they had, like, the wraps that she yeah. had when she first showed up. Yeah, okay. Right. It's like a cabbage wrap. And then uh, I assume they eat, like, meat. <laughs> yeah, Not she had, meat. like, a, a, a like a wrap filled with grain or something. She, like, scraped the grain out and ate it and kept the bread for later or whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. that was Cab- the thing. Cabbage and, cabbage and quinoa, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know that, I don't know that I want that wrap. <laughs> uh, I, I prefer to have some meat in mine personally, but yeah, yeah. Of the things that you would eat, that's not like you're not rushing out to get the cookbook for that thing, right? <laughs> so what I would want is like a is like a is that thing, but inside is like pork and cheese or something. Hmm. Sure. So, so you're talking like like a pork a pulled pork taco. Got it. Yeah, more like a. I would want like some flour in there too like a salvadorian pupusa those things are good okay i got you so okay we start to meet the guys and serene hasn't actually come out yet but keen's like in the back like she see that guy so and so and that guy so and so so the first one we get is eondel who's a stately man graying lines of silver hair and a sharp martial uniform this is a guy that we just heard about who uh is rich because he rents out his army to the the kingdom he's like yeah he's the only guy i've ever seen other than Rayodin, who could stand up and oppose the king and actually get away with it, because he has his own personal army and the king ain't got shit, so he can't really say shit. Uh, next to him is Baron Shudin, who's from Jindo, or his family's from Jindo, but they lived in Erlon for about a hundred years, and they basically run the trade routes between this other country and Erlon, so they make their money off of that. And then next to him is Duke Royal who we uh, heard mention of before. He's like the second richest dude in the kingdom. And Keen says he's probably the wisest as well, but he's been loath to take action against the king because they've been they've been friends since before the Riyadh, Riyadh, whatever. And she's like, well, so if he's friends with the king, why is he here? He's like, well, he's a good man. And even though they're friends, he understands that Iodon's rule has been horrible for the nation. So also maybe because he's bored. And she's like, wait, he engages in treasonous conferences because he's bored? You know, when you he's an old dude, when you've been around that long, you gotta you gotta find some interesting stuff to keep you interested. Yeah. Politics is so ingrained in the Duke that he probably can't sleep at night unless he's involved in at least five different wild schemes. And he's so fabulously wealthy because his the area that he's over includes like the other port city that we heard about. It was there was a a thing before about how K K is like the nicest port city that's left, and that's why it was the capital when after Elantris fell. But this guy runs the other port city, 
and he's so he's so rich that the only way Idon can stay richer than him is by declaring national taxes revenues into his own personal earnings. I also like that it it notes that he's an older guy and he's boisterous and mischievous, but also homely and spindly and diminutive. So he's like a, a thin, not attractive guy, but he sounds fun to me. He's he's like this old dude who's boisterous and mischievous and stuff. <laughs> I, see, I see like old, homely, spindly. I'm just like, have we got a much more pleasant Mr. Burns here? <laughs> Excellent. You see, when you when you describe someone as old and like uh, and thin and stuff, I'm I think I'm going for like a Ben Kingsley, maybe. That could work. Although, in fairness, Ben Kingsley could could be an amazing live action Mr. Burns. Also true. I could totally see that. They don't need to make live action Simpsons. There's no reason for that. No, they absolutely <laughs> do not. No, that would be terrible. In fact, in fact, I'm gonna say, please don't. No, let's not do that. That's yeah. Let's there's not put that in the world as something that needs to be happen. <laughs> and so she's like, okay, so who's next to Duke Royal? And he's like, oh, the portly guy. And she's like, portly, really? This guy's so fat, he's like over the sides of his chair. And he's like, that's how we fat guys describe one one another, okay? Yeah, I don't judge. And she's like, judgy, this Serena. But Uncle, you're not fat. You're robust. <laughs> <laughs> so. This robust gentleman is Count Ahan. And he's like, you wouldn't know it by watching, but he and the Duke are either really good friends or very old enemies. I'm not sure which one. And so they're always trying to get one up on each other. And he he regales her with the story of how Rowden convinced them each separately. And they both showed up to the first meeting thinking they were like getting one over on the other. And then were shocked to find out that they were both on the same side. But they keep coming because they both seem to agree. And uh, they like hanging out with each other. Either that or they just want to keep an eye on each other. So whichever way, it helps us. So, And the last guy at the table is a nervous, fidgety, balding fellow. Edon, Baron of Tie-Eye Plantation. Yeah. A.K.A. Wormtail. A.K.A. dude who's going to betray them for sure. <laughs> really? You think so? Uh, yeah, he's just got that quality about him. He's just nervous because he's about to lose his title at the next tax oh, period. F- Fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like Keen is, is elucidating how like, oh, of all the I don't trust this guy, but of all the people here, he's probably the one who wants us to succeed the most. Well, because he's if we also, don't overthrow the king, then he's screwed. He's also probably the one the most desperate to cut a deal, though, too, mm. with the king. And also, like, if because he, he, he does have a similar name to the guy who was at Thrayton's meeting, like I, Dan. Oh, yeah. Um, so. If if they're related, you know, it could be like they're trying to they're trying to play both like the two sides that are both opposing the king and hoping one of them works out. Oh, that's true. Any of these guys could be doing that though. That's true, but it's like the similar names just jumped out at me. But this guy's in trouble financially because first of off, first off, he made some some rough investments that didn't work out. But also his lands border the chasm, capital C. That's the giant like pit or whatever that opened up when the uh, Earthquake happened when Elantris fell, so it's not a very fertile area right next to the big cliff or whatever. So, yeah, and I went back to the to the map to look it up and to look up Royal's Port, uh, yeah. Iald, and it's like, all right, yeah, just, just like trying to find all these places, and you can see like the the different all, all the names, like the three letter things, and then on a smack bang in the middle of the country, there's a Lake Alano. I'm just like, wait a minute, that was the like uh-huh. the evil chick from secret from Secret History. Yep. Also, there appear to be two. Aeon regions, one in the very northwest and one in the very south. 
No, so one northeast, one southwest. Yeah, you sure are right. I just noticed that same thing. That's funny. I wonder if the same guy runs them both, and that's why they're named that. Maybe. Mm. But yeah, because Idon's rules are basically, if you're rich, you're noble. If you ain't, you ain't. So he's going to lose his title at the next tax assessment, unless something changes. Yeah, man. Could the political drama get no fiercer than audit time? <laughs> well, that's what happens when you have a merchant king. Yeah, no, that's all he cares about. And shit. They want the money. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. It's good and, to know that uh, even even in fantasy realms, everyone hates the tax man. Oh yeah, it's true. It's just like in uh, there was there's there's the one bit in like uh, Name of the Wind where it's like yeah if the last ta- if the last tax man hadn't come like this is a nice town. But if the last tax guy hadn't come through with, like, 12 guards, he probably would have ended up buried out behind somebody's barn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Keen's like, do you really want to try to get involved in this meeting? Because this isn't T.O.'d here. Like, they don't, Aralons Ar- don't, like, have their women involved in politics. They don't feel that that's proper. And there's an interesting bit in the annotations for this chapter where... Brandon's like, I don't want to turn this into like a political statement about female empowerment. I think that's kind of overdone in fantasy. Uh, but there's no getting around the fact that Serene is a strong female character, and it would be unrealistic not to address some of the issues it creates with the men around her. However, I do feel I do have to point out that some of the reactions Serene gets aren't because she's female. They're just because she's bullheaded. She tends to put too much stock in the fact that she's a woman, assuming that the resistance she gets is based only on that. But I think a man with her personality would have encountered many of the same problems. The way she pushes Royal into a corner in this chapter is a good example. Ah, yes, yeah. we call that the Cersei Lannister principle. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think honestly she's kind of aware of that. Maybe not to the extent that she doesn't until they have the conversation later. But you can tell like she's trying to monitor herself because she knows that about herself that she pushes too hard and that she can be kind of uh, disrespectful to people at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that. Given the way that like her dad talked to her about like you know don't please don't overthrow anything, it's like she knows, and so she's like no no I'm gonna do this and it's gonna be interesting. It's like Royal's not the only one here who likes the challenge, so she just comes out and they're like and Keen's like oh yeah you've all met my niece right, and Royal's like your niece what you have connections to the throne of Teod. And Ahan is like, don't tell me that, like, your spies didn't tell you that he's the king's brother. It's like, yeah, I was being polite, Ahan. It's bad form to spoil a man's surprise just because your spies are efficient. I like the way these two are just immediately snapping and one-upping each other. It's, it, I like their relationship. Yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of Bree's uh, ham. Yeah, I can see that. And Ahan is like, well, okay, but it's also bad form to bring, like, an outsider to a meeting like this. And Serene's just like, well, I would think that you'd welcome some more people since you used to be like 30 and now you're five. And Royal's like, I, I knew it. I knew no one could be as stupid as you were pretending to be. And they get into a thing about like whether she should be allowed here, basically. And she's like, look, in Teod, we don't shelter our woman behind a curtain of weaving and embroidering. I spent years as a diplomat. I'm not inexperienced in this area. And Royal's like, well, yeah, but you're not really familiar with the situation in Aralon, so... And then Edon, who I, I think we've already decided we don't like, jumps in and he's like, I'm not going to risk my safely, safety just because you want to assert your liberated nature. So, yeah, that, that doesn't help make him uh, seem nicer. That's for sure. And then Shuden jumps in, the Jindo, uh, a young Jindo nobleman, it says. And he's like, look, is girl really what you should be calling her? I mean, fine. Let her in. Don't let her in. 
but you shouldn't disrespect her title because it's exactly as solid as our titles. So if we ignore one, then we ignore the others. So she's got someone, I don't know if he's quite on her side, but he's polite, I guess. <laughs> and she kind of, she it, it really is royal that she's having to talk around. He's the one that keeps shooting back like reasons that she shouldn't be here. And she's like, you know, you lost the prince. I can offer, I can't offer as much protection as him, but maybe some. And he's like, yeah, okay, but that's not much. And she's like, yeah, but not much is better than nothing, right? So, and then she kind of goes off and around in some, and it's like, look, you all like this guy, respected, loved him. And I, who should have loved him best, will never get to meet him. So I want to be involved in his work, which I don't know how sincere any of that was. And she says Royal Watt. It says Royal watched her for a second and she knew he was measuring her sincerity because he was not a man to be fooled by mock sentiment. I don't know if the result is that she's just good at fooling him or if she was being serious there. Yeah, it's so hard to tell. Yeah, I, I want to say that she was being serious because ever since she's gotten there, she hasn't wanted to admit it, 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 it to herself as much. We've seen her do it a couple of times. But she obviously loved this guy, even though she never got to meet him face to face. Like she uh, and then the everything that she's heard about him since she got there has just made her feel even worse because she, she's like all of these things that I thought about him. Like, it sounds like they were true. It sounds like he was really a nice man, like a good man. People loved him and admired him. And so, yeah, like if he was if he was for this, then this is obviously something that I should be should be involved in as well. Mm. Yeah, OK, I buy that. Uh, but whichever way it was, the Duke uh, Duke Royals like, OK, fine. I don't have a problem with their staying. And Shuden's like, yeah, I'm good. And apparently the speech affected Eondel a lot because it says he was nearly in tears. And he's like, I give my assent to the lady. And so Edon is uh, well, OK, then we get a Han who's like. Well, if Royal says yes, and I have to say no just out of principle, but it looks like I'm outvoted happily. Wink. I get tired of looking at the same old crusty faces anyway. So now Edon is the only one left to be like, oh, I, well, I vote no, but I guess it's too late for that. No one cares what you think. <laughs> Apparently. And so then, you know, they sit down, they eat. Everyone's like, Keen, that's so such awesome food. You're you're great. We spend a long time talking about how good the food is. And Keen's like, oh, no, no, it's it's nothing, guys, really. I'm. I'm not, I, I keep the praise coming. No, good. Yeah. Stop, please. But don't stop. Uh, the pork is so good. The yumminess. It was so roasted to perfection. Thank you, Master Keen. You're okay. the best. I want to have your babies, Master Keen. You're amazing. <laughs> th that, that's when uh, the trial comes up because they're like, well, Keen, yeah, you're just a simple cook, right? Who's the brother of a king and whose niece is the daughter of two kings and whose wife is a ranked noblewoman in our own court. He's like, I can't help being related to important people. Merciful Domi gives us each different trials. And they're like, speaking of trials, uh, you know, what are you going to do for your trial? And she's like, um, say what? It's like, uh, you're, um, you know, you're. Mm. And, and really, uh, I feel like this was an asshole move on her family's part. It's like, they really, you guys couldn't tell her about this? Like, yeah. Right? I, know, I know you didn't want her to go through it, it sounds like. But come on, she looks like an asshole. Just being like, what are you talking about? And also, like, you know, Iodon is going to force her to do whatever this is, if nothing else, to try and get rid of her. Maybe, yeah. But it's, it's just, apparently when an Aralene noble woman is widowed, they're expected to form a trial. And she's like, so, like, like what? And she, it, she's she's thinking she doesn't like to have duty. She, she doesn't have, like that stuff that she's supposed to do that she's not doing. That bothers her. 
And they're like, oh, no, no, it's fine. I mean, no one really expects you to take much interest in it. Uh, it's just a stupid old tradition anyway. And I like, who, who is it? Who said, Han is like, I don't like the custom. I don't think that we should encourage the people to look forward to our deaths. It doesn't bode well for an arist aristocrat's popularity to be at its greatest just after he dies. So it sounds like whatever it is, it's going to be something the people will like. What? And, and what do the, do the common people love better than a gladiator show, right? So that's got to be what it is. Death by softball. So every, cause, cause it sounds like all the aristocrats are men. So basically you're saying every widow woman has to, has to go into a gladiator arena and fight. <laughs> That's kind of messed up. Uh, you know how you it lost, is. You lost your husband. Oh, well go battle the rancor. Yeah. <laughs> we got this giant pit of lions Go in there. But she's just like, I can't believe nobody told me about this shit. And, uh, well, yeah, maybe somebody would have if you didn't spend all your time in the palace or Keen's house, if you actually, like, went out and met some people. And apparently oh, there's been ball, like, two balls since she arrived and another one happening tonight while they're at this dinner. And no one told her. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, I'm, you know, uh, men are the ones who get the invitations and then we bring mm. our sisters or wives or whatever. And you think her mother-in-law would have mentioned that shit. She, all she talks about is stupid stuff anyway. Uh, she oh. just... Talk so much, who knows? Yeah, she's probably, too, she's probably tuning it all out by now. <laughs> right? Oh, that's what that white noise was. Oh, yeah. My mother-in-law did say something about that. I just didn't care. <laughs> she, she was banging on about how yellow the flowers were, the bees were, the lions were. I stopped caring. I mean, to be fair, Serene did try to defend her uh, her mother-in-law earlier in this chapter when they're like, yeah, even the queen's not that dumb. And she's like, look, she's not dumb. She's just enthusiastic. <laughs> Yeah, so Serene's being nice about her her new mom. So, uh, I I kind of like that actually. That she, you know she clearly doesn't like her much in the one scene that we saw them together, but she's still like not mean. I, I think so she takes pity on her because she is married to the biggest dickhead of the kingdom. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's enough to make anyone pity. <laughs> yeah, but in the end they decide like, hey. She's like, why don't you guys take me to some of these parties since it wouldn't really be appropriate for me to like start dating some guy and going to parties when I haven't even been a widow a week. And they, they, they decide they're like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. She can start like maneuvering the uh, the court at these parties. And as long as she doesn't go with any one of them too often, then it won't look weird or suspect. Conversation turns to other topics such as the upcoming lunar eclipse. Random. And meanwhile, Lord Edon is the one sitting in the corner, not really enjoying the food. And he finally just blurts out, like, I thought we weren't going to meet anymore. And uh, Lucal's like, well, no, I mean, we decided not to meet for a while, but we're not just going to give up on the country. And Han's like, dude, you should be happy. You're the one who, like, needs this the most. How long is it before the next taxing period? It's like, I believe it's on the first day of Isotech, Lord Ahan, Eondel said helpfully, which would put it just under three months away. Thank you, Eondel. You're such a useful man to have around, always knowing things that are proper and such. Just I'll get a room. <laughs> I love the I, I love the little the back and forth with these nobles. It's so fun. But Royal's like, hey, actually, no, he's got a point. I mean, yeah, Serene says she's going to help us, but we don't have the prince anymore. And he's the one that everyone loved and that everyone was willing to follow. So what do we do? We don't have these 30 nobles on our side to try to uh, stand against Iodon anymore. And Serene's like, no, you still have a dream. And Han's like, dude, the dream was Rowden's. We were just long for the ride. And she starts to point out that it's like, no, here's, you know, you guys want what's good for this country. And the way Iodon does stuff is not 
It's like the country cannot last being run like this. And it says Royal says a fine observation, princess, his tone dismissive. And he turns to the others and continues talking, ignoring her. And Royal wants to wait. He's like, let's wait and let Iodon like run himself into a corner before we do anything. And Lucal's like, but he's going to destroy the country in the process if we wait. And this Eondel jumps in. He's like, well, there is another way. I mean, if you give me two weeks, I can gather the Legion from their posts on the nation's highways. Money is not the only power. My men can strike quickly and take the palace and get the king taken hostage. Yeah, this already doesn't seem like a great plan. Mm. Well, I can understand why they're like, without Rowden, we, we can't use like the political power anymore. So what else do we have? So I could see why it might come to that. But I think everyone else kind of agrees that this is not a great plan. Yeah, it's like we just want to consider all the options, even the shit ones. Shooten is the one who comes out and he's just like, no, we can't do it that way. The new government would be born in blood, just like the old one, uh, just like Iodons came from the death of Atlantis. So we'll, you'll just set up the cycle again for another revolution to follow this one. And that's where Serene jumps in. She's like, oh, there's another way. And Rose like, yeah, that way is to wait. She's like, no, you shut up and let me talk. Um, we can't wait. I've seen the people of Erlon, and while they still have hope in their eyes, it's growing weak. If you give him time, he will create the despondent peasants he desires. Which is actually kind of the opposite of what she told Lukal earlier, where she's like, you can still see like this spark in their eyes. They know what it's like to be free. They're not going to stand for this. And now she's telling Royal, like, no, if you let it go, then they're going to get beaten down and they won't be able to stand up anymore. And so her suggestion is to let the system overthrow itself. And this is where you guys were mentioning earlier. It's like it seems like she has this idea, this fully formed idea that kind of comes out of nowhere. Although I feel like to me, because she's like, hey, so what is the biggest problem with the system? And Ian Dell is like, well, it encourages lords to treat their people brutally. And uh, the noblemen, you know, he threatens to take away their titles so they grow desperate and beat extra effort out of their people. And Shuden's like, yeah, it's unconscionable. It's based on greed and fear rather than loyalty. And she's like, yeah, okay. But have you actually looked at Erlon's production charts over the last 10 years? And she's like, Han is like, wait, is that a thing? She's like, well, yeah, I mean, we keep them in Teod, production charts of other countries, which makes sense uh, that you would be tracking um, that kind of thing. And she's like, would you be surprised to know that Erlon's production has plummeted since Iodon took control? And Han's like, no, we've had a decade of misfortune. And she's like, no, that's not what it is. Kings make their own misfortune. The saddest thing about this system is not what it does to the people or the fact that it destroys the morality of the country. The most pitiful thing is that it does those things without actually making you people any richer. Like, we don't have slaves. We don't have this stupid surf-based system. Even the Fjordals don't use that anymore because they figured out that people are more productive when they get something out of it. And so, to me, this is something – it sounds like something she's had in her mind – so maybe even since before she came here, because she's like, oh, no, we have these charts that we in Teo where we've seen the production like for your country take a dip and you're making way less money than you could be making. Like she knew that before she showed up. So now that she's seen this stuff, she's like, I think this is the reason. And she acts to them like she's certain like this is clearly what caused this to happen. And I don't know if that's true, but that's yeah, where that's her, the her idea that comes like... from to me. Right. And I know she has to be confident, but that's but that's the part where I'm just like, mm, I mean, you're saying a lot of things, but like, do you really know that that's what's going on? So that's where I'm just like, OK, well, I'm going to take what you say with a grain of salt here. But I mean, obviously, they've got to try something. Her plan is better, obviously, than like a military coup. Mm -hmm. So 
it's not a bad plan. It's just that it's like, well, you sound really certain of yourself, and I don't know that you've really thought this all the way through. It's it's entirely possible that like you know she spoke to Rowden over the 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 say on phone. Yeah, I feel like conversations with Rowden. Maybe he's put her up to this and said, get like get this information for me. Let's have a look. And maybe they were already sort of starting to form some plans because you have to think Rowden agreed to the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'd have to he'd have to know there'd be some sort of advantage in it for him. And we've seen him with Galadon. It's like he kind of likes to make plans without telling other people what they are. So he could have <laughs> been bringing Serene in for this exact purpose to bring in this knowledge of those charts and everything and just didn't tell anyone. And now that he's gone, it's like, oh, Serene's got to basically try and figure it out herself without Rowden's insight. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like that idea, but at the same time, I don't know that we have a a, a ton of justification for it. So yeah, not yet, anyway. I mean, something could oh, yeah, come yeah. later, it's, but yeah. it's purely like a, a, a reach of speculation. Our idea is to divide the land up, give each peasant a section, and say, "You get to keep ten percent of whatever your section produces." Tell them that you'll even let them buy their homes and the land that they occupy, and uh, everyone's like, "Oh, that's that's different." And Shuden's like, oh, it's going to be risky. Although I don't know how much of Shuden's money even comes from his land, since apparently he gets money off of regulating trade routes. So I don't know how uh, how risky it is for him personally. <laughs> um, I guess we'll see. But she's like, look, is it really any riskier than the other plan, the one other plan you've come up with, which is having the army come in and take the castle or the palace? If my If my plan doesn't work, then you lose some money. If his plan doesn't work, you lose your heads. And Iandel agrees real quick. And she she's like she feels like she can tell he's the one who suggested this plan and he's a soldier, but he didn't want to attack people either if there was a way around it. Edon, on the other hand, is once again the naysayer where he's like, I can't I can't afford like let these lazy ass peasants be out there uh, not getting whipped or whatever to make me my money. I'm, I'll lose my title if if my potatoes don't get planted and weeded and harvested. And Ahan's like, dude, you're going to lose your title anyway. And Royal's like, well, I mean, come on, Edon has a point. How do we know the peasants will produce more if we give them so much liberty? And Edon's like, yeah, I've found the Aralene peasantry to be lazy, unproductive lot. And she's like, no, they're not lazy. They're pissed off. Like, they have no reason to want to work hard for you. When 10 years ago, they were all free and could do whatever they wanted. And now you've got them, like, practically slaves. Would that make you want to work harder? And Royal's like, okay, I mean, you got some good points, but you don't really have any evidence. I mean – you say that these charts say this, but it, you can't really com- – it's like apples to oranges comparing now to then before the Rio because the Elantrians produced food and gave it away for free back then. So you can't like compare production in the same way. She's like, fine, then give me the evidence. Do this thing for a few months and create the proof that you're asking for. He's like, okay, I'll consider it. And she's like, no, you won't consider it. You're going to make a decision, damn it. Don't tell me you don't feel guilty for what you've done to this country. She, like, puts him on the spot, like, mm, spotlight yeah. on this old dude. I did not see here, or I did not come here to see my uh, people's fate discussed in a committee. <laughs> now, Serene is, is Amidala. That's an interesting... Yeah. Let, well, my, you know. let, my people, let my people go. So is Rowden Anakin? Yeah. Rowden's like, from my perspective... The Jedi are evil. <laughs> From my perspective, the non-Elantrians are evil. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that would make sense, actually. The non-Elantrians are assholes to them, so... Yeah, it's true. But Shooten, uh, like, while while R- Royal is on the spot, Shooten is like, you know what? I'll do it. 
and the acceptance of this other guy gives Royal the chance to agree without losing face. So he's like, okay, if Lord Shuden says that the plan is smart, then I guess I'll follow with that. And Edon comes aboard as well. He's like, I guess I really don't have a choice. So, okay. And then Ahan is the last one. He's like, oh my, what shall I do? And Serene's like, well, Lord Royal agreed only grudgingly. So don't tell me you're going to do the same as him. Ahan's like, what a delightful girl you are. Well, I guess I have to accept wholeheartedly then and say that I always knew she was right all along. Now where's dessert? And then we just cut. It's like from the demand for dessert, we cut straight to like Royal and Keen after everyone else is left, like off in a room by themselves. And Royal's like, she's good, Keen. Maybe better than I am. She took control right away from me of this meeting. And I don't even know where I went wrong. And then Shireen comes in and she's like, hey, I'm backing you into a corner. It was a calculated risk. And her just sudden appearance doesn't even phase him. He's like, hey, look, you all but threatened me. That's not really a good way to make an ally of a crotchety old man such as myself. You could have given me a few days and I would have given you my support. She's like, no, look, I knew that you would give me your support. But the others had to see you accept the plan before they'd agree to it. It wouldn't have had the same impact otherwise. And Royal's like, you know what? It's good that you, it's good that we have you. You give us hope again. Routed was our unity before, and now you have to take his place. Keen or I couldn't do it. Keen, Keen has refused nobility too long, and the people still want a title to lead them. And me, they know I helped Iodon start all of this. And Keen's like, hey, look, her plan's actually a really good one. Maybe even better than what Routed had planned. And they're like, yeah, she would have made him a great wife, huh? Which, this is, all, once again, a little bit of an insensitive conversation to be having right in front of her, where they're like, yeah, she would have made a great wife and a great queen. <laughs> Such a shame. Yeah, it's a real bummer. It's a real bummer fest. But this does give her the opportunity to be like, hey, have you guys ever wondered about what the hell's up with the prince's death? Because does it not seem suspicious to you? And Royal doesn't want to believe that his friend would, like, kill his own son. But everyone kind of agrees that the whole thing was a little bit suspicious. And I guess this, if Royal's like the second most powerful guy in the country, this kind of confirms that what happened with Rowden has kept been kept like completely secret. If Royal is like not only the second most powerful guy, but like Iodon's friend, and even he doesn't know, then uh, yeah, most nobody knows what happened probably. And so they want to find proof if uh, Iodon really did do something to his own son. But Serene's the only one with free access to the palace, so she's going to have to poke around. And Royal's like, is it possible maybe he's not dead? And she's like, yeah, I mean, maybe, but usually when a monarch decides to destroy a rival, he makes sure to do it in a permanent way. And she agrees to send Ash down to look through the dungeons to see if uh, maybe there's some the prince is being held down there somehow. Uh, then they get into talking about the the Gjorn, what's up with Harathan, why he's here. And uh, she she feels he's more dangerous than anyone else is giving him credit for. Very, uh, I will say he's very What's the word I'm looking for? Not persuasive so much, but he's got like a he's got like one of those auras that not auras maybe, but uh, demeanors that just like draws you to him. Mm. I almost feel like like yeah. he's good at drawing people in. I see that. He's got charisma. He's charismatic. He's got he's charisma. Got, he got charisma. He's got a charisma score yeah. of twenty or something. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> he's got he's got he's got proficiency in charisma. Yeah. Uh, we also find out that uh, Royal's like, this country's not going to last much longer, like a few months, maybe half a year. And she's like, wait, I thought you wanted to wait. Like you said that, to everyone else that you wanted to just wait a while and like let it let stuff happen. And he's like, yeah, I said that I convinced myself that I couldn't really use their aid. So I wanted to kind of get rid of them. And then Keen and I would decide what to do. I fear our plans may have centered around more dangerous methods. So I don't I, I want to know what his plan was now. Like, 
He didn't want to do the thing where the army yeah. comes in. So what exactly did he have in mind? He's going to poison the king? Exactly. Yeah, there's there's something. Yeah, <laughs> so he's like plotting an assassination. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, I mean, if Serene's plan doesn't work, maybe we're going to fall back on some of these plans. Who knows? And yeah, it wraps up with Royal basically being like, if this Bjorn really is as dangerous as you think, then uh, maybe you should be on the lookout because that means some powerful forces are moving around here. And that's the end of our two chapters. There, It really is a lot of text in that Serene chapter. And but yeah. if you wanted, you could sum it up really quickly. Be like, yep, Serene convinces all the noblemen to follow her. Yeah, Personally, pretty much what I did at the top of the episode. Right. So don't listen to all this crap we just did. <laughs> I like the summary at the beginning. I like the byplay and the personalities that we get here a lot, so I appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I don't mind this so much as I did in the Well of Ascension, like this kind of talk. Assuming that it goes somewhere, you know, if if in the next few chapters we're still just talking about what we're going to do, then maybe that would get frustrating. But uh, right Mm, now it's okay. Okay. Yeah. Plus, I mean it did sort of need to be an extended conversation because if she won them over really quickly, it just would have felt too cheap. Yeah, you wouldn't buy it. Yeah, I agree. It really, it, it really had to be more of a, I don't want to say fight, but definitely a struggle for her. Well, and this is the first chance that she's gotten to show. We've heard a lot about like, oh, she's really good at this politicking, but this is her first chance to actually go up against somebody and show it. Other than, I guess, with the Gjorn when she ruined his speech. But that was almost uh, a whole different thing because it was like it involved her knowledge of the religion. Also, that uh, was not an intellectual debate. That was her playing a dumbass. Yep. But from, you know, she was smart enough to play a dumbass. So <laughs> Yeah. She was smart at being dumb. Wait. Uh, uh, okay. So, uh, predigments. What do you guys see coming as we continue here? Yep, this one's a little tougher because, like I said, not a lot happened. I feel like we're besides the stuff with Serini with Raiden. I feel like I'm almost in the same boat as as I was with with him in last week when we made predictions predicaments. Uh, I mean, basically, he is building a an organization, but it it's a little bigger than what I had in mind previously, which was that he was just going to have a rival gang. He makes it pretty plain that he wants to lift Elantris out of what it out of the state it's currently in. He's for the betterment of Elantris and for helping these people uh, that are around him. So that is his goal. How he's going to accomplish that right now, other than rebuilding the city physically and gathering people together to work in unity, I'm not sure. Again, I think maybe he's taking portions of food that can be grown because he's going to try to grow food because I think it mentioned in this chapter as well that he took a portion of the food. And obviously he's not eating any of it because when Galadon offers him bread, he says no. Yeah. So um, there's got to be something else he's doing with the food pieces that he's taking. And so that's definitely something that I think may be on the horizon is that he's going to try to actually build the city into something sustainable on its own. That way there's not so much tension between the different factions of the people there. But other than that, I'm, I'm more interested in him learning the magic and getting it to work. Because again, like we talked about, there's no way this magic system exists and it's never going to work. Like somebody's going to have to figure out how it works. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to get to that point to see how that works. Cause I feel like this book has taken us a little more slowly into that. Whereas, you know, in the Mistborn Era One books, we get we get into Alamancy pretty quickly. Yep. 
So this one is taking, I feel like, taking its time to get into the magic system. So I'm, I'm interested to get into that piece for sure. With Serene, I think the the kind of thing that she, the kind of plan that she has made, despite the things that I said about it being kind of sudden and I don't know if this is going to work, the kind of plans that she has made sound like kind of a long-term thing. Because it's like, yeah. it's not going to turn around the city that quickly. And I feel like this, if this book, there's stuff's going to have to happen faster in this book. So something's going to happen that where her plan does not work out. Mm. Uh, somebody's going to turn. Maybe this guy that I, I think is fishy is going to turn on him. But but the plan's not going to work because this is not going to be a book where we, where we watch peasants eventually rise out of poverty because they can grow their own food and sell their own food and stuff like that. There was not enough time for that to occur unless there's some kind of major time skip in the book, which I don't see happening. Well, so, we, we know there's a three month uh, limit on her Athens uh, mission here before exactly. the invasion. So exactly. Yeah. So we're on a, we're on a time crunch for sure. So there's no way, there's no way that this plant's going to get off the ground in any real way. So something's going to an event, maybe, maybe uh, interference from the Gjorn is going to kind of put a stop to, to um, the plans that they've made. So uh, that's that's my predicament for uh, for what's going to happen. You know what? You made an interesting point uh, that I glossed over when we got to that part. Galadon totally got like a whole loaf of bread this chapter. Where yeah. this is this is the guy who traded thirty days of like help for one piece of jerky or something early on. Mm-hmm. He should be really grateful. He's getting food way and more than he's probably had recently. I think that's why Galadon's actually sticking with Raiden because even though he complains, I think that's like I think we're supposed to kind of figure out that's just kind of his nature to be to complain and stuff like that because obviously he knows he's ha- he's having even if he had to run away from guys, he's had it better since Raiden showed up than he's had it the whole time he's been in Elantris because obviously mm-hmm. Raiden's got something cooking uh, that's going to work out for him too. So. Yeah, he's gonna he's in on the ground floor of this uh, pyramid scheme or whatever it is. <laughs> pyramid no, scheme. wait. The ground floor of a pyramid is not where you want to be. You no, be you want to be at the top. Yeah, okay. You want to be at the top. Point. <laughs> Our model is the trapezoid. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think Alden's got it better off than than he did, he was before Raiden showed up for sure. Is it more exciting and different than what he had been experiencing? Sure. Is it probably more dangerous? Of course. But is he getting more benefits out of it? I think absolutely. So mm, sure, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's it's also just a demonstration of uh, Raiden's personality because we see it with this meeting and all these people who are just willing to follow him. He's just one. He he just seems to be one of those people who you know, those really annoying yeah. people who you just can't hate because like they do all this stuff and it doesn't matter how crazy it seems like they're just so charismatic and likable to the people around they that people want to help them. Like mm-hmm. so, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that might be, yeah, like Raiden came into Elantris and he's just working the same magic on these people now. I mean, look at yeah. look at now Marishi or Maresh, however you want to pronounce it. Now that guy is just like this. This man is our new god. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I think I think all three of the characters that we're following the perspective of are very charismatic in their in different ways. But yes. I think each of them has a lot of charisma like Raiden is charismatic in a very kind of vague almost ethereal not ethereal but you know what i mean like just kind of in a way where he just comes up with stuff but he's like oh it's all gonna work out man don't worry about it so he's kelsier yeah that's what i was about to say kelsier is the closest approximation in sanderson's work to how i feel raiden's personality is he obviously of course we don't know him that well yet but raiden may not be as brutal as kelsier is 
but like he's Raven's definitely more of a charismatic person. Than exactly. Yeah, mm. more of a positive person for sure. And then, you know, Serene's more bullheaded, obviously, um, but she's also more charismatic in that she's very educated and knowledgeable. So, like, she will make you see her perspective as being the best perspective to, to see. At least that's what we've experienced so far. Like her ideas are better than your ideas and you and, you know, the people people that are educated enough to understand what she's saying are going to acknowledge that. And then the Gjorn is the zealot has the zealot charisma. It's just like, no, you. But then also he does like the back, the shady backdoor deals, too. You scratch my back. I'm going to scratch yours all in the name of our God. Jadeth. Yay, Jadeth. Yeah. So one, one is one is positivity. One is logic and one is um, fanaticism. Mm interesting interesting trio interesting triad that we got here that's like that's that's a bit different from the triforces yeah <laughs> yeah not courage power wisdom here well you know maybe maybe raiden's courage and, and yeah, could be wisdom, wisdom sure yeah and, yeah yeah Gjorn, Gjorn I, could be power I guess you could, let's take yeah, it you back make... it's perfect <laughs> it is yeah it is that uh any other pre-demon stack you got anything so like i agree with joe i think edan is going to be like the thorn in the side for Serene's group. I, I, I'm convinced on the basis of the similar names that the Idan guy in Hraithan's party is related to him in some way. And like, they're both trying to, both of the, both of those groups are aligned against Iodon, which is where Edan clearly wants to be. So yeah, I think they're just trying to play both sides and just hoping that one of these sides is going to come out on top of Iodon and then they'll be safe, but they don't realize the depth of Hraithan's problems well no one really does i guess so yeah i think that that is going to be a massive problem for serene's group i don't yeah i don't think i think iodon is just going to get smashed in the middle of all this iodon's got no hope but edan is going to betray them to Raythan in in some way yeah i mean i know we talked about uh, is iodon responsible for like like in some way responsible for the fall of Atlantis and stuff like that and it's like look he probably is but it just seems like everyone in this world is out to get him so like (laughs) Like I I don't I don't know what forces he has at his disposal, but he's probably just going to get smashed because every other faction seems to be aligned against him. So yeah, we find out that even his good buddy is uh, against him in this chapter. So and he doesn't yeah. seem like uh, the kind of dude who has a lot of friends. So no, mm. he seems like he seems like the sort of guy who would alienate most of his friends anyway. So yep, especially once he became king and he's like I'm important now. Yeah, oh, now he's king. He's too good for the rest of us. <laughs> But uh, so there's that for the raid inside. I, yeah, I, I think like Joe pretty much already summed up everything. I think it's going to happen there. The only prediction I have on the Elantrian inside Elantris side of things is the whole thing about the children. Now to go to Joe's theory that one of the group, one of the gang leaders is Raiden's mother. I, th- I got to thinking of that and thinking of the children. I was like, is she basically like any children that come in? She is snapping them up and saving them. And trying to, you know, keep them out of harm's way because from oh. the little, the little we know about Raiden's mother, she was a good woman. Like, you know, she obviously loved him enough to take him to Elantris to get his broken leg fixed. I think, um, pe- yeah, people talked about her. I think Keen maybe mentioned her earlier on, and said, yeah, no, she was, she was really nice. Like, she was, a, she was a good person. So I feel like she would not let any harm come to the children. So she's trying to get them out of harm's way and get them away from the Mad Baron and the the other one. What, what was the other one? Uh, Shaor is the other one. What was what was Shaor's yeah. deal? Shaor is the one. 
uh, I don't think we know like much a, about the brutal them. guy, right? Yeah, they're it, it, yeah. he's the one with like the crazy follow, like the really crazy followers who are who chased him, yeah. routing down that first day. Yeah, yeah. Basically, okay, so he's like the he's like the barbarian king. Sounds like to me. Yeah. Okay. So neither of these guys in charge are people you want children around. So I think um, Rand's mother is like just like I am not letting either of these guys get the kids. Well, that would definitely be much nicer than the theory that we were working on so far that somebody was snapping them up for uh, less savory reasons. So, okay, I'm, 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 I'm I theologically on board with this. I never said it was less savory. I just said that somebody's snapping them up. I'm on yeah. board with Dak's idea for now just because it's not as unpleasant. I never said it was unpleasant. <laughs> you made that assumption. Oh, okay. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's all me. Ooh, this, this guy over here with the fucking kids. I, I don't know what that... I'm. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you're doing, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like I, I like this prediction. It's got uh, it's got some hopefulness. This is like a positive, like something's good's gonna happen or better than well, alternatives. I just feel like Red and can't be the only person in Elantris trying to make it better. Right. Mm. Uh, I don't think the other two leaders really have any hope from what little we know of them of you know trying to improve things. They just seem like like absolute nut nutcases but if we're right if joe's right and raven's mother is the other one it's like all right maybe she's got her faculties in place she's got her head screwed on so yeah maybe the, some the token, token good gang maybe somebody somewhere gives a shit that'd be good yeah yeah i mean it's not like arkham city where you three, <laughs> you, your three gang your three gangs are joker two-face and penguin it's like uh no no we can yeah. we can have we, we can have a good gang in here <laughs> okay okay we don't have any new emails or reviews or anything this week, so we can jump right to for next time. We're doing two more chapters, so 12 and 13. And so we got a her, the Herat, what Herathen's doing the same time as these other two that we just read. And then we'll go to Rowden and his next section, which I think you guys will really, will really like this next Rowden chapter. It'll uh, answer some questions. It'll be very interesting for people. Okay. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. So if anyone's reading along. That is for next week, chapters 12 and 13. Join us for those. If you would like to send us some emails, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and all those kind of places. Uh, you know, as long as nobody else is emailing about dinosaur erotica, I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah, come back next time. Two more chapters. Music by Miracle of Sound. And wasn't to the time of next. Colo. My name's Get up, get out.